0: rise up for you be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow good morning everyone happy monday Hope you guys had an incredible weekend and I hope you're ready to start off your week right. Today we have an awesome episode number 35 with Lawrence Tham. He is an international wellness expert and he is going to be talking with us today on how to succeed in life and really put your best foot forward. Before we jump into our episode today, I want to remind you to please go to our podcast and subscribe, Rise Up For You on iTunes, the podcast directory, Stitcher, Blueberry. We are everywhere. We'd love to have you join us. And while you're there, if you can give us a little bit of feedback and write us a rating and review on iTunes, we would love that and we would really appreciate that. Any feedback is welcome, whether it's one star, two stars, five stars, it doesn't matter. We would just love to hear from you. So today, Episode number 35 with Dr. Lawrence Pham. He is an international wellness expert, a speaker, an entrepreneur, a coach. He's a podcaster and everything. I mean, he is what we call a renaissance man. He's the co-founder of The Wellness Guys, a weekly podcast show dedicated to bringing wellness into people's lives, as well as the founder of Drive Your Practice, a coaching program that focuses on getting chiropractors out of survival into sustainability and success. He has created several successful wellness programs, and today he's going to talk with us about how to be successful and what hard work really does mean. Rise Up For You and enjoy this episode. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Very well. How are you? Very well. So Lawrence, I always like to get started by having the audience get to know our guests today. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: So uh, professionally, I am a couple of things. Uh, one of the key things, I really help people become uh, experts and authorities, uh, especially in the wellness industry. Um, I, um, I focus a lot on chiropractors. I coach and, and mentor a lot of chiropractors uh, becoming uh, experts in their fields and authorities in their field. Um, I also run a um, podcasting network called The Wellness Couch. And uh, The Wellness Couch um, started about three years ago. And uh started with one podcast, uh, which is called The Wellness Guys, which I, you know, co-host on and still do. Um, that expanded now up to probably about 18 to almost coming up to about 20 shows now, uh, releasing probably two more shows by the end of the year. Um, and it's a, it's a network of podcasting, podcast, 20 different shows that focus just on health and wellness.
0: Okay. And how long have you been doing that?
1: I've uh, been doing that for three years now. So f- four years on The Wellness Guys, which is the, the podcast that we still release once a week. Uh, mm-hmm. I run another podcast show called Inside the Champion's Mind. Uh, Inside Champion's Mind is a podcast that's really just focused on mindset, uh, the part of the wellness. Because I think it's important to to know um, what goes on in our heads and actually how to navigate through life. I mean, it's, we all, as we all know, as we live through life, it's very difficult sometimes. And uh, what are some of the strategies around um, how to, make our life even better
0: a hundred percent because um and i'm sure you believe this but what i i believe that whatever is happening to you mentally and internally usually affects your health i'm sure you find the same
1: yeah, definitely. For sure. I mean, one of the things is that, you know, health is usually, you know, from a health and wellness perspective, we look at on uh, the wellness guys is that there's food, right? And that's obvious, you know, the, the better foods that you choose, the, the choices you make, uh, you're going to be better for it. Cause that's the, the feel that, you know, uh, makes up the cells that in your body. Uh, the second thing is movement. You got to move their body's designed to move, not to sit. And so, so the more, you know, the choosing movements, that's going to help you be stronger and better. there's going to, you know, obviously going to make you live longer as well. And the third component is the mindset. It, it is about how you think, because you you can eat the best food in the world. You can have the, you know, you can exercise, you know, all the time. But with with a terrible negative mindset, it's really going to be detrimental to your health uh, for long term. And you're going to, have to lose lack of sleep. You're going to create a whole bunch of hormones just because your perception of life uh, is skewed, and it's going to create all these hormones. Uh, one of the key things that most people don't understand is that how you think and how you perceive the world is your own perception, which means that. Um, If you think the world is negative, you are going to navigate through it as negatively as possible because that's how you you have those filters in your eyes to see the world negatively. And, for example, like if both of us were on a roller coaster, um, you know, do you do you love roller coasters, by the way?
0: Uh, I actually do not. (laughs) Okay, perfect.
1: So if we were, um, say, uh, I don't know, what's the what's the theme park around you?
0: Uh, Knott's Berry Farm or Disneyland right
1: let's go say Knott's Berry Farm and, and you and I uh, decided to go on the biggest roller coaster at Knott's Berry Farm right and uh, for you know just say I love roller coasters and you absolutely hate roller coasters and we, I somehow convinced you or dragged you uh onto the the front row of this roller coaster the top um the biggest roller coaster there is and you as we are chugging you know that first part of the roller coaster it always goes up slow right and it's like chuk, 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 and it goes all the way up to this big big hill how what is what is you know what do you think you'll be feeling? Like, what are some of the the, the things that's going on through your mind and your body?
0: Nervous, anxiety, um, probably not excited, not having fun, more um, anxious to get off,
1: yeah, you're probably like punching me and so, like, screaming at me, like, what are you doing? Right. And then you got your palms are sweaty. Uh, you're thinking, like, oh my God, what am I doing? And you're, 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 you're sweating and you're, and, and you know, every, every, everything's just, everything in your body is telling me, what am I doing here? Right. right. And where I'm like really excited, right? I'm like thinking, this is going to be the most awesome experience <laughs> ever. And so we're chugging along, and we get to the top, and you know what's happening. Like, you can't stop this thing, right? And there's that moment of silence, and you're going, Oh my God, uh, I was going to swear there. So I won't swear on your podcast, but it was No, like, it's oh. totally fine. Go ahead. <laughs> so you're thinking like, Oh shit. And then I'm thinking like, this is awesome. And that <laughs> moment right there, just if you, if I pause it, if it was like on a, on a, on a, on a, on 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 TV or something, and you paused it right there in that spot. It's interesting. The, the scenario is what I've set up there is the roller coaster ride at the highest peak of North Perry farm. And you and I are uh, two separate human beings um, experiencing the exact, experiencing the exact same event from an outside perspective, right? We're on a rollercoaster in a heart farm. But the problem is, is that internally, we're totally, it, we are experiencing completely different experiences. Even though the experience mm-hmm. itself is the same on the external part, the environment's the same, but internally we're, we're seeing it differently. Your, your body is basically um, experiencing stress. You're producing a whole bunch of cortisols, uh, cortisol uh, hormones pumping in through your body because you're thinking you're gonna die. Like, this just ain't right. This is just wrong in every possible way. And so therefore, you're actually creating hormones in your body that says to you that basically um, can actually has proven um, uh, to c- create cancer. Okay. So that's the stress hormone that it's natural. It's natural to produce these because you need that hormone to, to, to put you in a fight or flight state. A fight or flight state is when we were back in the days of, of fighting lions, um, you know, you need to either decide quickly, quickly. Either you're going to fight the line or you're going to run. You don't have any other choice. You don't need to think about it. You just need to go. And you're going to shut down all the other systems. Like, for example, you're going to increase your heart rate so you can pump more blood to your muscles. You're going to shut down your brain because you don't need to think. You just need to decide two things, fight or flight. And the other things it's going to shut down, it's going to shut down all the blood down to your stomach because you don't need to digest food right now because you just need all the energy into your muscles to run or fight. Does that make sense, right? Mm. That's what's going on in your perception and your body, whether you, you know, you're perceiving this and it's actually going on where my body, I'm, as I'm going down this roller coaster, right? My body is actually experiencing completely different experience. My body is actually feeling joy, happiness, excitement, and I'm actually releasing endorphins in my body. And as I'm releasing endorphins, I'm actually creating this happiness hormone. And these hormones are actually known to kill cancer. Now, wow. let's take it back for a second. Same experience, Right. Like We're both going through this roller coaster, but inside of our brain and our physiology has completely different physiology. One's causing cancer and the other one is killing cancer or potentially, right? Not saying that it is, but it potentially has releasing hormones just because our perception of what our environment is, is changing our life. That is how powerful our mindset are. And so that you can choose to live a life of sadness, bitterness, victimhood, or you can choose of life to live in happiness, abundance, and also understanding that there is consequences, good and bad in life. It's just that how you see the world would dictate how how, how you behave and also will also dictate who you attract in your life, who you surround yourself and how your kids are going to be, how your friends are going to be like, who, you, who, what kind of friends you want, will, will hang out around you. And, uh, and also most likely dictate the success that you will have in your life too.
0: hundred percent. So tell me, because it seems like you have so much right going on in your life. You're a Renaissance man. There's a lot of greatness around you. Um, and I don't know if you were fortunate enough to have this your whole life, or um, is there a specific journey that kind of gave you this epiphany that got you to where you were and thinking the way that you think right now, or has this always been an easy journey for you?
1: No one has ever called me a Renaissance man. So thank you very much. That's a, You're so a,
0: welcome. That's a, exactly <laughs> what you are.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. That's a massive compliment. So I want to say thank you to that. I'll take I it. know
0: you've been called like a Spartan, but I'm like, no, he is a Renaissance
1: man. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. So, um, I think, you know, it's funny. Um, and this goes back to the mindset thing. Um, my whole entire life, I I don't have like a, a bad childhood. Um, I don't have like this... This um this this terrible childhood uh, that I can reflect upon that you know that made me kind of do great things like so some people have stories of that uh, I'm mm-hmm. gonna be honest like I had you know pretty normal typical Chinese uh, Canadian uh, parents um, you know they you know first uh, I guess first are first uh, first generation Canadian um, my parents were strict I, I come from an Asian family so um, let's face it like you know they had high expectations of me but I they-
0: understand I'm Middle Eastern so yeah, yeah so <laughs> I get it.
1: Cultures have this certain expectation. But my parents were they, they didn't really have the, the, the as strong as uh, some Asian families do. Like they, they wanted me to be successful, um, but they didn't push it. You know, they didn't push me to become a doctor or anything like that. They just wanted me to, you know, do them my best. And so I grew up in a pretty much middle class, um, maybe slightly upper middle class family. Um, I had everything I wanted. Yeah, maybe I didn't have all the fancy clothes and toys and, and, and stuff that you know all my friends had, I always which I always envy. But to me, I think um, I don't know, like he, I think it's about, I think for for me, it was about finding what drove me. I always saw what I wanted and, and, and trying to see how I can achieve that. And I always saw the best in me. So best of what I could accomplish. I never, never kind of settled that this was, was it. I know this sounds so silly, right? But I think it gives you some context. And I hope that someone can relate to this guy. I don't know why I'm going to tell you the story, but you know, Screw it! It's a it's a podcast, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so you know, when I was a when I was a kid, uh, when I was in elementary school or when I was in high school, I was like the biggest nerd you can find. Like, I was a nerdy kid. I had those big glasses. Um, you know, I was you know smart. Um, I was you know that that type of kid. I was never cool. Always wanted to be in the in crowd, but never could make it. But inside, though, I never felt like I was. Uh, I should have been, I, I I never felt like I should be an outcast. Does that make sense? I always yes. wanted to fit in, mm-hmm. but I never felt like I should be there. I felt that I should be part of the in crowd. Um, but I just didn't pull off because my looks wasn't like that. And my, you know, my, my confidence wasn't there and so on and so forth. So I think I, from that point of view, I think I strived for that. Like in a sense, I, as I grew up, I started to recognize uh-huh. and built up confidence in myself. And that took a lot of courage. And I think it's by meeting certain people. You know, I, 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 I actually, you know, as a young kid, um, to, I think, This is, I think now actually ask, you know, as I tell the story, I I think I found the answer. The answer is this, I, I start to recognize what my strengths were. Okay. So to as silly as this sounds, but like I said, I didn't think that um, I would have to settle. So like, I always had an ambition. I'm not sure all of us had this ambition to, to go out with the, the best looking girl, a guy, right. In, in high school mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I went to an all boys school, so that, that didn't matter. But you know, oh, wow. but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to settle for like, you know, um, what, what, what society felt I should, you know, should be like. And so I remember my first girlfriend, like she was really pretty and she was actually, and didn't think that she would have to go after me. But the only reason why I kept to that was because I felt that I had something to offer. Do you know what I mean? Like my wife is beautiful and she's the most sensational person in the world. But, the, you know, if I just let with the, my limitations or who what I felt about myself and or what society felt about me, then no way I would have had enough confidence to, to be able to ask her out. You know what I mean? And That's I think right. it was because I recognized that I did have strengths. You know yes, I had a lot of weaknesses. Um, you know, I didn't have the look from by you know all standards. If I even look back and go, oh my god, I, I probably have torched every single high school photo that I actually have, and uh, you know I'm sure someone will find it somewhere. But uh, I haven't seen it for a long time. I'm actually embarrassed to go see it. But the thing is, is that I recognize that sure, that's my maybe my looks or whatever. I know this is kind of pretentious and anything. But they think about it. it was that I, but I did believe that I had strengths. My strength was was that I could connect with people. You know, if I if you if I just got to know people at a deep level. They could connect with me. And, mm. and that's what I took on. It's, is that So the, the point of the story I'm telling you this is re- is reason that I, th- I think that has helped me in my success is I played to my strengths. So what I mean by that is that we all have strengths. We're all genius at something. And we all have weaknesses. It's okay to be weak at something. Could, you, uh, to tell you the truth, I'm probably really good at 1%. Of something that's it. Everything else, I'm terrible at, and so I really focused on the last, you know, couple of years of my life, which has probably been uh, probably the greatest successes I had in my, you know, my forty years in, in my career um, or my life actually. It's the last two three years simply because I recognized and honed in on my genius, what I do best, and I know where my weaknesses are, and I don't need to improve them. That was the key thing, you know, in school. Uh, when you go back to high school, what do, we, what do the teachers do? If you get an F in something or a D in something or a C in something, or even a B in something in, in us you know, cultures and, and family, what do you have to do? You have to improve on it. Well, why? Why are, we have, why are we teaching our kids to improve on having strong weaknesses? Why don't we just play to our strengths? If you're really freaking great at math, let's hone in on that. Let's harness that. Let's yeah, Sure, you don't want to have Fs in, in other things, but at least improve it to a C maybe. But like, let's not harp on all the bad things we're really bad at. Let's harp. Like, like, let's improve that. But mostly focus on what you're really genius at, you know, and harness that, and focus on that. And once you can harness that, you become better at that thing, and you become more genius in your genius. And I think that has helped me along the way. And um, and I pick tasks or do things that I'm really strong at. That I'm, you know, I feel that I'm gifted at. And I know that's hard to take because most of us are taught not to embrace what we're really good at.
0: A hundred percent. I was just going to say that it's amazing that you had that intuition when you were a little bit younger because the majority focus on their weaknesses and they let that sabotage them. And many times their weaknesses and their insecurities carry on through adulthood. And before you know it, it's a circular pattern where they're just in a downward spiral because they can't, uh, seem to figure out the great that's in them. They're too concerned about the insecurities or the negatives that they have.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think all of us have insecurities. I have insecurities right now. Like I can tell you, right? We yep. all have it.
0: <laughs> that's the, that's the,
1: that's the rub, right? The rub is this, is that people look up to certain people. And I look up to a lot of mentors. I look up to a lot of people, right? And we have this perception that they're perfect mm. and they're not. You know, like, we just got to realize that no one is perfect. That's the whole point. Like, the, we are human beings, which means we have a light side and a dark side. That's why Star Wars is such a big thing, because the underlying theme is that we have a light side, we have a dark side. It's all within us. And, you know, Demart- um, you know a great mentor, mine, Martini, he's always talked about how, you know, that the what you see in others, what you hate in others is pretty much the same characters that you actually have within you that you live in the shadows. in your shadows mm-hmm, that you refuse mm-hmm. to acknowledge. And we have that dark side. We just don't embrace it. And sometimes we just need to recognize that the dark side is within us and that every human being is the same as us. And now I know that's easy conceptually, it's harder to do. And I think, you know, in this world is we need to recognize that that you need to fo- find your genius. And the thing that the best way to find your genius is that you're never going to know. I didn't know. You actually literally have to ask, like most of us don't have the insight and awareness, and I still don't. Like I'm, I'm always refining my genius, but it's always good to ask because people's perception of you is completely different than the perception of yourself. Right? We always, 100%. we always think the most negative thoughts of ourselves. We always have this negative perception of who we are and how we are. But if you ask your five closest friends or even ten closest friends, right, and tell them to be honest, like brutally honest, right about what they really think of you, like what is is the public perception of of who you are and how you present yourself as a brand, like you are a brand, right, in a Mm -hmm, sense. mm
0: -hmm.
1: And you'll be so shocked and surprised on how they see you. And, and, you know, obviously don't ask cruel people, ask people who care about you, (laughs) right? And ask ask people who are actually going to be honest with you too as well, to show you the good and the bad side. But you Mm -hmm. start to recognize that, there's one thing I, I learned, is that when you ask that question and someone says to you, you're a genius at this. And you go, what's my genius? And they tell you like, you're really good at this. Like you're really good at communicating, uh, making things complicated and make it really, really simple. And they go, really? That's my genius? I go, no, seriously, you just make all these complicated ideas and you just make it so simple for me to understand. And you'll be thinking, nah, everybody knows how to do that. And when you have that thought, that's when you know that possibly that is your genius is because when your genius is something you think everybody has that you think it's easy and why Everybody should be able to do that. That's the that's the thing If you're a soccer player, you're great at, you know, dribbling the ball playing soccer and you would think that everybody should be able to do that But that's not true And so that's the thing about genius is that you probably would never know what your genius is And uh, unless you've actually asked those internal questions or asked someone to answer them for you
0: That that's exactly how I stumbled upon mine. I did the same thing, you know, what is it that I'm good at? And they, and they said, well, you, you really know how to pull out the potential in others. And I'm like, really? Like, I just expect, you know, why can't they be great? Why can't they do that? I never thought that it was actually something that uh, people looked up to or thought that it was, you know, a great attribute. But uh, it wasn't something that I saw before. But, yeah, you're right. That's what, that's what the majority tell me. Oh, well, you're great at pulling the potential out of others and seeing things that they might not see yet. And I'm like, huh, never thought about that.
1: Yeah, because you, you, don't, you don't think about those types of things. And, and, mm-hmm. and when you actually spend time there, like when you actually spend time doing it now, it's so much easier. Like it's, it, your energy is usually up, not down. It's not work right. anymore. It just becomes, uh, you actually get energy from it rather than wasting energy on something that you actually absolutely hate. And I'm um, one of the things that I was told that I'm a great delegator. And I guess that's true. I delegate all this, all the other shit that I don't hate doing (laughs) or all the other things that I'm terrible at. And so I just get rid of that uh, so that to other people in my team or to others so that I don't have to do it. And so I focus solely so that I can spend as much time as possible and still working on it to just do the things I'm great at.
0: I love that. So you, um, you juggle a lot, and like I, like I said earlier, you, I mean you're a Renaissance man. You're a podcaster. You you do you do wellness. You're an entrepreneur. Why is it that you? Why do you think that you've achieved that? And there's others that want that, but it's not happening for them. Like, what do you think is that that difference in people that are doing well and succeeding, and those that aren't? And I know that's a very general question, but I just want to make it really clear to some of our listeners as to you know why why aren't I doing that? And why are they doing that? And how do I get to that point?
1: I think it's a, it's a great question, and I think uh, um, and you're going to get different answers from different people, um, mm-hmm. and there's no right or wrong answer to this, but I think, you know, this is just my opinion. Um, one of the key things is that I think that stops people from, in, and me included, okay, so just say that, like, because, you know, it's funny how perception, right, your perception of me is that, you know, I accomplished a lot, and I've done doing all these things, so my perception of myself is like, I haven't accomplished enough, <laughs> and I should be doing more, but that's because my relativity is going to someone who's, who, you know, who has done a lot of things, and so it's all about perception and and... And how you see yourself. But the thing is, though, I do believe um, that what what stops us from achieving the things that who the people we look up to or your own potential and what creating your legacy, it comes down to a couple of things. I think one is about um, the the willingness not to work hard. Like we all have dreams. okay? we all have dreams. We all have like this goal. We all have this ideal life that we're trying to live up to. Okay. The problem is, is that we should compare our current life right now to that life all the time. And one of my mentors, Dan Sullivan says, you know, it's like, it's what he calls the gap. The gap is the gap between where you are now to where you want to be. And the longer you live in that gap than comparing yourself today to, to where you should be or want to be, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the more you get stuck there. And it's actually very depressing. Can you imagine like every single day of your life comparing to your ideal life? that is very depressing because that's the whole point, right? The ideal life is the life that you're not living right now. Mm. So the problem, the difference is that successful people know and have a vision, but their vision, they don't compare themselves to the vision. They compare themselves to yesterday or the day before or the week or the year before. Are they moving closer to their vision compared themselves to today? And if the answer is yes, Right. Is it by an inch? Is it by millimeters? Is it by centimeters? Is it by a foot? Whatever. It doesn't matter as long as they're moving closer. The thing is that the answer is not always yes. Sometimes it's a no. Sometimes I'm moving backwards. You just don't want to have 10 days in a row going backwards, right? Right. You just want to make, if you're doing 10 days in a row or five days in a row going backwards, you're doing something wrong. So you change, do something, pivot and and shift to something else, right? You got to change up the pattern, otherwise you're just going to continue doing going backwards, right? So the thing is, the key is always compare yourself to the past, not compare yourself to the future, to the vision. Have a vision, but don't compare yourself to it. That's number one. Number two is the thing we call passion. Um, you know, you have, you, I'm sure all of you have heard the thing called you know find your passion. You know, do what you love, right? How when we think about the word passion, that's what it attributes to. It's like it's like things that you love to do, like the things that that actually um, that will that that you, that you just fall in love with. That is just so easy. Let's think about this. Has anything worthwhile in your life ever been easy?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Never. Like it's no. easy at the end, but it's never easy during the journey to it. And that's the right. thing. I mean, you think the word passion. I mean, when you think about passion, like from a from a Christianity point of view, the passion of Christ. Well, that wasn't easy. That was freaking hard, right? It was, it was like difficult, <laughs> right. right? And you think about passion in and, a and relationship. It's like passion in a relationship. Yeah, it's love, passion, but there's like the it's the it's it's all a lot the, of work. It's a lot of work, right? In a relationship. And think about it, the word passion is meant to suffer. Like, look it up, right? It's meant to suffer. I remember yeah. listening to that somewhere and I'm going, oh my God, that is so true. It's meant to suffer. So, which means that are you willing to suffer? to get what you want, to follow your passion. That's the difference. The people who are successful, or people who are doing things that you're not doing is because they made a decision somewhere in their brain, somewhere in their belief system, that this is worthwhile. This is worthy of my goal. Now, there's an important distinction between something that you think is worthy and it ends up being in a cul-de-sac, what Seth golden calls a cul-de-sac, where you Mm -hmm. know it's a dead end, but you just keep beating at it. You need to know when to say no. You need to say, you know what, this is the wrong path, right? And I know this is a very, you know, simplistic answer, but at the end of the day, like you gotta follow your passion. You gotta be able to grind through it. You gotta be able to put in the work and to do the things that most people are not willing to do. And I remember hearing this podcast once. I can't remember who it was. And they talked about well, how, the, the question was asked, like, how, how come you train so hard? Like, what would you, you know, what, make, what motivates you to train so hard? And the answer was to him, which was brilliant, was saying, because I just don't know who else is training harder than I am. Because mm. there is someone out there who is training harder than you. So which means that you might want to go after the thing, but what should motivate you is that someone else is going to beat you to it. So you better be working freaking hard so that someone else doesn't work harder than you, right? You got to give it your all. And sometimes your all is not enough. Then that's fine. But you know, you gave it your all. That's the key thing. But don't just remember what go back to the why, though. The key. So this is my third thing is that um, what is the why? Why are you doing it? Why are you pursuing it? What, what are you doing it for? Because if you are doing it for um, if you're just doing it for if you don't even know the reason why you're doing it, you're not going to sustain this long term. And there's no way you're going to be able to follow that passion because th- you, there is no why for you other than just, you know, making money or be famous or whatever it is. There's got to right. be a why that pulls you forward because the purpose is what will steer you in that direction no matter how hard it becomes and so that you can get that done. And that's the difference between successful people and non-successful people, because people who do the work, who's willing to put in the work and the hard yards, the night, night in, day in, day out, and night in, night out.
0: And, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like there's quite a few people that mix up passion and infatuation. Like, they're like, oh, I'm so passionate about this. Hmm. But they're really just fixated on it for the moment. And within a couple of months, they're like, ah, oh, it's not working out. You know, I'm going to move on. It's like, well, that's not that's not a passion. That's not a why. That's maybe just a fixation that you had and it wore off when it got tough, and now it's over, and now you're moving on. You know, I've come across a lot of entrepreneurs that, um, they're talking about their business. They're really excited about it. They have a lot of momentum. And after like a month, they're like, well, I don't see results. So and I'm like, oh, I mean, that's not enough time. A month's not enough time. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, it, 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 you know, even a year is not enough time. It just depends on what you're doing. But most of the time, like you got to put in the work, like you, you, don't, you know, you don't become a professional. Um, I, I here's the, there's a great book by Stephen Pressfield, um, called, um, uh, I can't remember now what's uh, Stephen Pressfield. Um, what is it? I, I can't think of the name right now. It's something to do with pro. Um, okay. and, and, and you got to be, and he says that you got, there's a difference between amateur and pro. Turning Pro is the, the title of the book. Um, and, and there's uh, another title in the book before that's called The War of Art. And, and Turning Pro talks about the difference between an amateur and a professional. And an amateur is someone who basically gives it all they got, but at the end of the day, when it gets tough, they're going to back off it's because when I mean, you think about an amateur sports right. uh, athlete mm-hmm. it's like you know what i'm going to give it all my god but that's my best and that's it and you've had a bad day well you know i just chalk it up and like I just go back to my regular job right. a professional player though that is their job like it's if you have a bad week like i'm a 49ers fan right and they're having a freaking bad year right so <laughs> and and so but the professional players is got to be able to learn to suck it up that this is their job and you got to play i don't care how bad you i don't care if you're out of the playoffs you're still going to give it your all because that's your job the fans are expecting it you got to it's your your career is waiting on it and a professional means that you are willing to put in the work no matter how bad the situation no matter how bad the season's going no matter how bad last week was it's your it's your time and that's the difference between a professional and, and an amateur amateur doesn't spend the time to train to get to the levels that they need to be where a professional spends the time to dedicate their whole entire life to that one thing that they're want to be professional at. And the decision for entrepreneurs is that, do you want this to be a profession? Are you like, you know, and, and no one's there. You know, profession doesn't mean you have to work for someone is that, do you want to be a professional at this? Because if you do, you're going to have to put in the hard yards. There's no entitlement here. The entitlement is you have the entitlement to work. And this is that there's sometimes, yes, some people can have, you know, uh, success quickly, but some people take years to get there there's no shortcuts in this. Some do it fast because based on technology and based on you know the timing and they had it just right and had good luck or fortune and all that stuff comes into play there 's no doubt about that but there 's no overnight success never there's nothing there's no such thing as an overnight success. Every you know person or musician has, has you know one great hit sure they but they' played many years to get to that level and so I think it 's really important to kind of understand that All of this, all the process that you're going through, the journey you're going through, the experiences that you're going through will chalk it up to your value that you can create for the world. And that learn it. I heard this great thing today is about winning and learning. That's how you do it. There's no winning unless losing. It's winning and learning. Take your right. the, the losing that you you know you perceive loss to a learning. If you can change it up, every experience in past in your whole entire life to get to you know where whoever you are right now, wherever you are, no matter how how old you are, I don't care if you're 18, 16, or 25 or 70 years old, everything whoever you are today is made up of all the decisions you've ever made in your entire life up to this point. The unfortunate part is you can't go back and change them, right? Unless you have a time right. machine. Mm. So you can't change those decisions But you already made those decisions So just accept it Right Stop feeling guilty For making those bad decisions In the past it, Because there's no such thing As a bad decision You just made a decision You live with the consequences And all the good ones Also had consequences too So therefore You are accumulation Of all the decisions That you made If you take self-responsibility In that Then all of a sudden now You have the power And this is the power The power that Hey If my life right now Up to this point Good or bad Is made up Of all the decisions I ever made in my past Then that means Right that I have the power to make better decisions or ch- make choices moving forward to create the life that I want. Now, however, remember, you can't change the decisions you have already made. So which means that Move My Future is going to be made up of all the decisions I've already made up to this point, plus any new decisions I'm going to make from here on in. But right. the power is in you to choose. And that's the power that you actually have and need to recognize.
0: I love that i I love everything that you 're saying. this interview is um, it's beautiful it 's amazing. Thank you for sharing everything. Um, I just have a couple more questions here uh, that are a little bit more uh personal what 's one thing that you particularly have accomplished that you 're proud of that people might not know about
1: oh, um, <laughs> well I guess the first thing that comes to mind i don 't know why that is, but uh, one of the the things that comes to my mind is that um I've had both my kids at home. Um, I got to deliver both my kids. Uh, There's something that I don't talk a lot about. Um, They, you know, first one... yeah so that's that's the one thing I'm proud of is that I didn't have to go to the society of, of going to a hospital and, and mm-hmm. uh, I had a midwife and everything was done safely and it was the most beautiful thing in the world to be able to you know literally catch them in the water <laughs> like you know just being able to like a football almost <laughs> it's like you know and, and just seeing uh, and delivering your, your own kids um, and being in an environment you know with my wife and and, and my kids all, you know it's just it's the most beautiful thing in the world and uh kind of brings tears in my eyes just thinking about it. And that's something that I think most people, um, probably don't have the opportunity. I know there's, uh, well, I guess the people around my circles do, but, um, not many people get to experience that. And a birth itself is an amazing thing. Uh, but to be able to be part of something that, you know, that there's no external environments, no external stresses, but you know, just everything's in the power, just letting nature take its course was, uh, right. was really powerful for us and, and for me. And, uh, you know, people always had this perception of people who home birth and, you know, the other things are like hippies and stuff. And, and we're so far from that. And I think it's about just making choices that, you know, that, that Suit suits you. you. Yeah. Suit your yeah. values. I'm not saying everybody should be home. birth. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that right. it suited us and that's what we wanted. And uh, we I'm, I'm really proud of that, that, you know, my kids, I'm proud that they can say that I was born, uh, they were, they were born at home. I'm, I'm proud that they can be able to say that for the rest of their life.
0: That's awesome. Any any more kids in the future?
1: (laughs) Uh Uh, My answer is no, but uh, (laughs) uh, my wife is also a no. But uh, you know,
0: who (laughs) (laughs) knows? Who knows? Okay, wonderful. And what's one thing that you do in your life that helps you get a positive rise? Is there some? Is there a routine that you do? Is there something that you do? You know, when you wake up in the morning or anything that helps develop you on a daily basis or even on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, I think I think one thing we need to realize uh, with that with that type of question is that um, I think it's important to recognize that I'm not perfect, um, mm. uh, and I think I kind of mentioned that already. Um, I think that whatever routine that I give you now, it's the routine that's working for me like today,
0: right now, know, at this exactly. moment, at this
1: time of recording, and so it might change. And so um, I'm always refining, always trying to figure out what what works for me. And I'm the type of person that almost kind of it works for a little while, and then I kind of fade away, and then I pick it up again or try something else. So, um, for me right now, um, for the last eight, nine months, I've been, uh, I've, I've been exercising at five thirty in the morning. Um, so i get yeah, up,
0: me too. yeah, me too. Yeah. High five Do the podcast. There you go.
1: Yeah. Um, fist bump right through the microphone. Yeah, right. Uh, so the thing is it's, it's, so weird because I never thought I would, would to get up at five or six in the morning to go and, and I'm doing CrossFit, which is so weird because I'm, you know I'm not the typical guy who would go to CrossFit, but mm-hmm. I'm finding so much enjoyment in um in the in the camaraderie of, of, of teams, uh of um well of just the environment that I'm in, uh getting up early and just doing things hard work. Like it's taught me a lot about hard work. You know, we've been talking about hard work all day. It's brought me to another level. Like physical challenges has change my perception of what I can actually physically do, which means then then it's a mental thing, like how hard I can push my body and also my mind to accomplish certain things. Um, so that's something that, you know, starting the day with an exercise routine, um, coming home, um, I start my day, I plan my day pretty, um, you know, to, to to do creative work in the morning. So as an entrepreneur, like you got to find your rhythm. And my rhythm is that I'm way more effective and way more creative in the mornings than I am in the afternoon. Uh, so all my creative projects are always in the mornings and all the, all the things in the afternoon are more like this, like where you, um, I'm engaging other people or people are engaging me to get the best out of me. Does that make sense? Right. Um, so like, I don't yeah. put that in the morning cause I'm wasting my creative time. And if I'm, you know, it's right now, it's like, say, uh, you know, in, late in the afternoon for me. Would be if I try to be creative right now, I'll really, really struggle because i don 't have the energy for it anymore, um, but you know talking to you it 's been fantastic because that you drawing the best out of me that type of thing so that 's another routine that I do another thing that i 've been implementing over the last few years is do something scary every year, uh, whatever that is for you everybody's uh, uh level of tolerance is going to be different, um, but I think challenging that comfort zone as often as you can um, is is, 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 a, is a worthy goal that I, I set for myself because I want to know, uh, test my boundaries of what I'm capable of and, and how I feel. Like you talked about the roller coaster ride. Um, it's about like, how do I feel? Like, am I scared when I, when I go out to heights? Yeah, I'm scared, but you know, you know, uh, but I want to know how I'm reacting. What am I feeling? What am I, what's going on and how do I actually get over it? You know, do I, so I'm almost analyzing, um, uh, you know, we were in Las Vegas, uh, recently, right? Together. Yeah, uh, I think you know. Uh, and one of the things that we did at nighttime it was actually uh, close to midnight. We 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 went to the top of the Rio Hotel, um, and they have this uh, zip line that goes from one top tower uh, from the top of the building at fifty two stories high, the top of yeah. the roof, and it zip lines to the other building. And we did that, which is freaking crazy. Like, I'm not a fan of heights. And it's just, if you see the contraption, it's ridiculous because you <laughs> sit on this thing that your feet are dangling and there's like no nothing to hold on to. And it's like a lap belt. Like, it's not even a, like a seat belt that goes across your chest. Like, literally, it's just a lap belt like you would put on a plane. And uh, that's the only thing holding you into the seat from dropping from like 52 oh stories. high. Oh, my gosh.
0: And I'm sweating
1: just <laughs> thinking about it, right? And so, and then you know we're going through the process and i remember thinking and you know my friend was in front of me he's like what are we doing like what this is just so wrong like he, you could see his emotion i was i was just observing and i was observing my own behavior and you know the lessons that i learned is that sometimes when in a, in a you know the, as the line was getting closer and closer like i was moving one step closer it's like it's inevitable it's like sitting on that roller coaster you can't do anything about it right there's no you you're not, not going like, to they're not going to stop the roller coaster for you right and when you get there you might as well Somehow just let go of the fear as much as you can, which you're not going to completely, but you're going to have fear, but you might as well ride through the fear. You know, go with it. Go with the ride because you can't change it. You might as well change your perception at that moment in time to just give it a go and see what you feel. And I think sometimes when we're fearful to do something, I think it's important to recognize that that fear is probably your answer that this is the right thing to do. Right. If yeah, yeah. the fear is like the direction that, Hey, maybe this is something you should go after. I mean, let's reflect on, you know, anybody listening to this, think back, if you're driving, you know, be careful, don't close your eyes or anything, but let's think back to one thing, just one thing in your life that you felt a decision that you made or something that you'd done that was really, really hard. Like a decision that you made was really, really tough. It was probably the toughest decision you ever made or the thing that you did, we did was the most difficult thing. Now think back to that. Now, think back after the event or after that decision you made. It felt great, right? It, it, you, you learned a lot from it. And it's like, wow, like, this is amazing. But what if it's, it, I'm sure it was impactful. You probably can remember exactly what it was, where you were, all those emotions that floods in. Now, think back how difficult it was leading up to that decision, leading up to that thing that you're going to do. Right? It was hard, right? Now, if it wasn't hard, you probably wouldn't have remembered it. Like It wouldn't have transformed you. It wouldn't have changed your life if you didn't make that tough decision. And so that's what our life is about. Successful people take risks, you know, healthy risks, calculated, calculated risk, not just like random risk, but they're taking risks to improve themselves, to know, to test their limits of comfort zones. And I think until so my vow to myself was to kind of go challenge myself, doing something um, somewhat outside my comfort zone. And there's a great book on called the of by Rise of Superman by uh, Stephen codler and he talks about this this theory of flow how how these um, extreme athletes have been able to hack flow and one of the things they talked about was the amount of difficulty versus the amount of um uh, of um, of sort of uh, skill set and difficulty. So, which means if you put yourself in a, an X Y axis, on the X axis is the skill set that you have, and the Y axis is is the, um, the 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 difficulty that you actually have to experience. Does that make sense so far? Yep. Now, if something is absolutely difficult, like really truly difficult, comparatively to a low skill level, like you have no skill whatsoever in this thing. So, for example, um, maybe uh, for you, like I don't know, I don't know if you've done this. Have you ever skydive? before? I uh, have not. Okay. So for example, you have no a skill in that, fear. right? Huge fear, my huge <laughs> fear. fear. So then you have no skill level at doing that. All of a sudden, like that's, it's almost creates too much anxiety. Does that make sense? Right. And then you probably end up not doing it, which is perfectly normal. But just say you've done something that just something that you're really, really skillful at. Okay. So, you know, whatever it might be, just, we'll just make an example that you're really skillful at talking in front of a thousand people. Okay. Okay. That's a, you know, because it's an easy skills because you spent, you speak to you know a thousand people all the time so now all of a sudden though the difficulty of speaking to five people in a room is easy right it's not even comparison so but the problem with that is it leads to boredom right because it's not difficult at all and so the challenge usually you're is, comfortable now yeah you're comfortable and so there's one extreme that you're too comfortable and the other extreme is that it's too much stress and the thing is that for us is that there's a fine line between finding the right difficulty that's that matches the skill set that you actually have does that make sense? Yes. Now, what, what successful people have been able to do was they found on through research is that you only need to challenge yourself 4%. Really? Your, 4%. That's it. 4% of difficulty above your skill level. Right? So, which is not a lot. Now, the difference is, is though, is that they don't just do 4% once. Right? Once they've done that 4%, they go after another 4% and they oh, exponentially right. grow. That's the difference, right? And so if you chalk up these experiences, I mean, let's think about we've been talking about experience and you're talking about your life. And let's go back to that conversation where if you are accumulation of all the decisions you ever made and you're not happy where you are, it's probably because you haven't made tough decisions yet. So challenge yourself. You know, I, 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 I would highly encourage you to make slightly more difficult challenges in your life. Decisions, I mean. And, and see where that takes you. See what you learn from it and how much more confident and um, certainty that you build up and also the capabilities and the learnings that you actually come from by doing that challenge. Now, you may fail at whatever you choose to do, but you also go, remember, set winning and lessons, right? So what lessons did you learn from it and how can you do it better next time? Because if we're so comfortable, remember the question you asked about why some entrepreneurs are not successful is because they're not willing to take certain risks. And you don't have to do stupid risk, right? That would be just anxiety problems. I think it's about taking risk that's 4% better or more less comfortable than your skills, current skill level. And all of a sudden, you prove to yourself that you can do it. The thing is that if you can take enough risk, calculated risk, that's 4% higher than your skill level, all of a sudden now, you're able to start to recognize that You can prove to yourself that you have confidence, you have certainty, and you're also going to have some lessons, capabilities, lessons that you probably wouldn't have learned if you didn't take that risk. And- it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean you're successful every single time, but you're gonna learn from it, winning in lessons, right? You learn from the lessons and you move on from it, and that's how we build up. And going back to the questions about how do we improve or how do we do things more, is I think it's that: it's challenging yourself each and every single you know week or month or year um, to do better and bigger things. And uh, I think that's how you'll be able to create a better life. And at the end of the day, it's not about proving anybody else. Uh, right or wrong and just improving your life. How do you want to create your legacy? How do you want people to remember you at the end of the day is what should drive you?
0: I love that you said that because that, I mean, that's the whole purpose of our podcast is rise it for you. Because I think that a lot of times, um, people get too bothered by the voices around them and they're too focused on others around them that they don't, they stop doing things for themselves and they really don't even know who they are anymore. And they lose sight of everything because they're focused on others.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is that we got, we, we're, I mean, I'm guilty of this as well, right? I'm a human being. So, which means we, what we end up doing is we, we all do on, it. Yeah. Yeah. We focus on, on how, what people think of us, how we perceive them. And then I'm trying to, I'm eliminating as much as I can about what, what the, people's perceptions of me are. But at the end of the day, we do need to know so that we're promoting the right message or that people are, it's the message that you're trying to promote to others. You know, if the, if the, if you ask those questions earlier when I said, you know, find your greatest, uh, what, what's your genius? And then people are telling, you certain things or what your personal brand is and that you don't like what they say about you, then don't be pissed off about it. Just go and change it. Figure it, it and out. It. Yeah. yeah. And, and just start to modify it. Yeah. Will it take a bit of time? Yeah, of course. But it starts from you. I think we need to work on ourselves and, you know, we need to recognize um, that we are all very, very special people, but at the same time that your problems are not unique to you. Okay, so yes, you are a very special flower, yet at the same time, your problems are not unique to you, so yes, you're special, but you're not special at all. So just recognize that there's that, that weird dichotomy that's that sits in in, in everybody's mind
0: right. Well, Lawrence, thank you so much. This has been very, very enjoyable, and I love the I love the insight. I love speaking with you. Everything that you said um, is just it's awesome, and I really appreciate it. How do we get? How do the listeners get a hold of you, and how do they connect with you and, and reach you? What's the best way?
1: I, I think one of the best ways to do is that if you love what I've just spoken about, um, I do a whole podcast on this, and I hope it's okay to, to talk about that. If you want of course, me to find me, it's, absolutely find me through the inside champions mind podcast. Uh, it's called inside the champions mind. Um, it's through the wellness couch network. And I talk about this all the time. It's my journey through, um, strategies and journeys and my thoughts going through what I'm going through, (laughs) whatever I'm going through at that moment in time. Uh, And The Wellness Guys is is another podcast that I do on health and wellness. Um, But, you know, my main business and and stuff, you can find me um, is at driveyourpractice.com for those people who are um, in the health space or wellness space who want to become experts. That's sort of me, especially if you're a chiropractor. Um, If you just want to know, get to connect with me, connect with me on Facebook. You know, tell me, you know, if you want to be friends with me, that's fine. But just tell me where where you heard me from or why you want to become friends and so that I at least have some context, um, right. but I'm happy to, to, to kind of share my ideas uh, through there and connect with people. Uh, I just love talking to, you know, people like yourselves who are just doing amazing things and look forward to seeing uh, that everybody changing the world. Uh, if I can leave with one message, um, one message would be that um, please recognize that the world needs you. And not just you, but everybody who's listening on this, like we need you, we need your voice, we need you, you to show your, you know, what Seth Golden calls art, Um, not mean like paintings, but your art, whatever that is, show your genius, because, um, you know, if you don't shine, and show your true genius, then we lose out as an audience. Um, and not every, you don't need to have the whole world listening to you you just need a few um, few tribes a few tribal members people who actually will believe in, in what you believe in and and you can change and make a difference in their life and if we all just shine in our own light i think the world would be a better place i don't that's just my theory my my, my thoughts on that and so it's i it's really, a great theory
0: <laughs> yeah and i
1: really encourage you i love what you're doing right now because you're helping people uh, be their best rise up to to the best of version of themselves i love that i love to support that and i want you know the, the how you do that though listeners is that you need to take action. So one small step. Don't have to be big steps. Just take small steps um, because that's how any action is taken is taking one small little decisions, one small yep. little step one ahead. One step at a time. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the podcast.
0: Well, that's all we have for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. If you know anybody that would benefit from this episode, please share it with them and pass it on. Don't forget to check us out on our social media. Handle is at Rise Up For You. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, periscope we are all over the place and we would love for you to look us up join us subscribe talk with us give us feedback we want to hear from you on top of that today i launched my coaching webinar and i would love for you guys to check it out there's five simple steps that you're going to discover for free to get your life back build your dream life manifest what you've always wanted and to really really live an amazing life the life that you have always wanted so go to the website www.riseupforyou.com, and check that out. Don't forget, rise up for you. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.